Well, inflation, you'd think it'd be way off given the pandemic and all, but maybe in New Zealand, unemployment has fallen so much that it might be about to kick in. It's the opposite response from Philip Lowe, though, yesterday from the RBA. The message is clear, lower rates for longer. Plus, could Mario Draghi be the next Prime Minister of Italy? A bit of market reaction to that news. And in the race out of the pandemic, well, the US seems to be doing somewhat better than Europe. And the optimism is reflected in oil today. It's Thursday, the 4th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are a little mixed this morning. The Nasdaq is up 0.4%. You might have actually expected more than that, given uh, Amazon's earnings results, but they were only up about 0.2 to 0.3%. Uh, the S&P 500 is up a third of 1%. That has been helped by that 7% rise in Alphabet after they did better than expected in their earnings. And the Dow is up a little bit, although it spent most of the session on the slide, and the uh, the FTSE 100 is down a little, while the Eurostoxx 50 is up over half a percent, 0.7% for the DAX. And uh, the Italian share market up over 2%. They have Mario fever over there. Uh, 10-year Treasury yields are continuing upwards, three more basis points, up to 1.13% for 10 years now. Uh, They have been higher this year, but uh, not for long, and before that, not since the start of the pandemic. Talking about that, oil is rising as well, up 2.3% for WTI. It's over $56 a barrel. We've seen a sharp rise in the last few hours or so, and again, the highest since the pandemic began. The US dollar has fallen, and then it recomposed itself, so it's pretty much where it was yesterday morning, although it is up 0.2% on the Swiss franc and the Aussie has picked up a quarter percent around 76.2 US cents but otherwise not a lot of uh, currency movement today Ray Attrell is here direct economics for markets at NAB a bit going on today Ray not least uh, the question could the RBNZ be eyeing up a rate rise okay not immediately but those uh, labor market numbers yesterday down to 4.9 percent unemployment which uh, is probably close to nairu the, the the point at which inflation is expected to kick in good morning phil um it's the right question to be asking and certainly our um mm. bnz colleagues across the ditch have been uh, asking themselves exactly that question following what were some pretty stunning Q4 labour market numbers yesterday, as you say, with unemployment down to 4.9%. And um, if you look at something like the labour cost index, which is probably the best indicator of underlying inflation uh, trends, it's at 0.5% on the quarter, multiply that by four, and you get 2%, which is the midpoint of the RBNZ's um, inflation target. Remember, they have a a 2% midpoint versus 2.5% for Australia. So arguably, The RBNZ, superficially at least, has met its mandate. So what the hell are they doing still in QE mode? And and say our BNZ um, economists yesterday have tentatively suggested that come 2022, um, we could see the RBNZ not only not... Uh, no longer doing QE, but actually contemplating a first rate rise of the cycle. So, and this um, is quite a turnaround, isn't it? Because not that long ago, I mean, the unemployment there looked like it was heading for double figures at one stage. Well, that's right. So, uh, when you go back six months, and we were thinking, mm. let's say, prospect of a ten percent unemployment rate, and uh, and what would the RBA give for um, unemployment yeah. with a four point something? Um, handle, um, which is exactly what uh, Phil Lowe, the governor, reiterated yesterday, and um, an inflation pretty much bang in the middle of the of the target range. So, um, message clearly lo- not lost on the market with a big rise in, in New Zealand yields yesterday, and uh, and the New Zealand dollar initially, at least the uh, the, you know, the star performing currency. Uh, in the world, so um, you know, so mm. so big news. Um, you know, obviously, there's the, those unemployment numbers have been pretty choppy. Um, you know, we have been warning that certainly at the peak of the of the tourist season in New Zealand, which is uh, very dependent on international tourists who are currently obviously shut out 
due to the border closures, um, you know, the economy could be, um, you know, having to endure a little bit of a soft patch. But um, yeah. I think there's no, uh, you know, we shouldn't really be trying to diss these numbers as anything other than, uh, than pretty spectacular. So why the big difference then? Because, you know, I mean, it, it is alarmingly different, isn't it? As you say, Philip Lowe yesterday, reiterating, you know, low rates for longer, the tinkering with yield controls. Uh, but, I mean, really, why is Australia so different from New Zealand, apart from the obvious one that the unemployment rate is, is so much higher? But also, you know, why is that happening? Well, I think that, um, you know, if you look at the numbers coming out of Australia, they are incredibly good. Mm. Um, you know, the speed with which, you know, we're seeing the unemployment rate, for example, or, or the labour market starting to improve. And you look at things like, you know, how much job advertisements have, uh, have accelerated in recent months. Yeah. And, and Philip Lowe acknowledged that yesterday. There clearly is you know, a pretty vigorous recovery going on here. I mean, and one of the contrasts, of course, is that, uh, you know, New Zealand was, you know, as far as this part of the world, first in, first out, um, you know, having had, you know, really apart from that sort of very minor hiccup last week, you know, no community transmission and full economic reopening bar the borders. Um, it's clearly shown up. Um, the housing market has been on fire for, for months now with double-digit gains. So um, there, there may well be a bit of a wealth effect going on. So although we've got rising house prices in Australia, you know, we're talking about one point something rises on the year versus, what, 12.7% in New Zealand. So there certainly are some uh, some some. some some contrasts in that sense, yeah. but uh, Australia moving in the right direction. But as Phil Lowe said yesterday, um, you know, and um, you know, in sort of justifying um, the decision to announce another hundred billion dollars of QE, he said, "Why have we done that? One, because it's lowered the it's lowered rates, and foreign exchange rates are lower than they otherwise would be. Other central banks are doing it, and inflation and jobs are short of their goals. Mm. So, um, you know, as far as they're concerned, it's it's pedal to the metal." for as far ahead as the eye can see. And uh, if they get to the point where the numbers start to, to print like New Zealand's have, then uh, I think unless and until we get to that point, yeah. then not much is going when to When you change. talk about the wealth effect, I mean, building approvals for December up 10.9% on, uh, on, uh, on November's numbers, 22.8% up year on year. You know, you're throwing the home loan approvals so that this rise in construction numbers as well. I mean, the, the home builder stimulus might have helped with some of this, but uh, I mean... It, is is this pointing to an economy that is, you know, recovering very strongly or is this just one section again driven by the fact that, you know, some people with money are able to put it into 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 buildings rather than putting it into shares? I think it tells you that if interest rates are zero, mm. um, you don't want to put your money in the bank or in the bond market. Yeah. Um, and if you can borrow, you know, if you can borrow a million dollars and you're paying less than $20,000 a year because you can get a mortgage at less than 2% uh, at the moment, then uh, what's not to like about, um, yeah, getting something about concrete, buying a house effectively? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of disparity there. And we're seeing that uh, in the building approvals, it's, it's houses at the expense of apartments. So in inner city areas, we're seeing you know, apartment approvals are falling. Now, that's obviously is the structural uh, effect of the trend towards working from home. And we've seen that in some of the um, the state migration uh, numbers that came out earlier in the week in terms of interstate migration. So it's very, it's, you know, it, it's, it's very disparate. And that, that's supposed that people would want something with a bit of land, wouldn't they? You know, if, you, if, you, if, if you're doing it as an investment to hold a bit of wealth, then you're going to look for something with a bit of land rather than apartments, perhaps. So. No, absolutely. If you don't need to be in, a, in, in, you know, you don't need to be close to the CBD. Now, obviously, on the hybrid uh, working models, which is where the NAB mm. is moving towards, a 
and many other large companies, <laughs> yeah. um, you've still got to be <laughs> within some proximity of the city. So it doesn't mean we can all go and live in uh, Tasmania and have a four acre, a four acre pile. <laughs> I'll move to Tasmania, for example, but, uh, <laughs> much as we might like to. So uh, there are limits to what this will do. But it's you and I are going to get into so much trouble in the for numbers. That. <laughs> now, Mario Draghi is back uh, just uh, as Janet Yellen has, you know, got a political appointment. He's become the interim prime minister for Italy, appointed by the president. Uh, it, it's not a done deal, though, is it? He, I mean, he has to some, form some sort of, he's got to get the government consensus. He's got to form a government. He's got to get the parliamentarians to agree with them. Otherwise, it's going to mean fresh elections. But if he is successful, uh, what's going to be the impact of that? I, I assume it's going to give some confidence to the Northern Europeans that Italy <coughs> is now in a, a safe pair of hands. And, you know, maybe he's going to be able to secure more funding, perhaps, from the recovery fund or, you know, get uh, more favourable deals done. I mean, certainly, the ex, you know, I mentioned that the, the share market has done pretty well in, in Italy, a bit of interest as well in Italian bond yields today. Uh, Ten-year uh, yields have uh, fallen six basis points. That's right. So if I look at the spread between uh, 10-year Italian bond, BTPs, and the equivalent German bunds, um, you know, bunds are up two and a half basis points. BTPs are down six and a half. So a nine basis point swing on the day. And so the, the main Italian the stock market up over 2%. So that is the uh, the Super Mario effect for sure. Already. It hasn't yet shown up in the euro. Hmm. Um, but if you look at a chart of um, Italian bond yields, yields versus um, the, the German benchmark, for example, it does correlate with the euro. There's obviously lots of other things going on at the moment that I think are impacting that you're holding the euro down, including obviously you know concerns about slow vaccine rollouts and whether the, the eurozone is really going to recover quite as quickly as, as the US. I think that's the overriding influence. But I think the key takeaway, assuming that Mario Draghi is able to form a government and just remembering how hard he used to beat the table about the necessity of structural reform in certain eurozone mm. countries, Might one of which is... Uh, he now leads, yeah. that I think is where the big market impact comes from in terms of is he more than any other um, you know, Italian uh, politician or uh, economist turned politician, should I say, not economists running the world. That's a pretty frightening prospect, isn't it, Janet? <laughs> enough of a mess there. already. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, leaving that aside... That could potentially make it harder for him, though, the, the fact that he's talked about structural reform, because, uh, you know, he's the, the sort of structural reform he wants to talk about, uh, a, a lot of the opposition parties were just not interested in. Well, but if he's obviously able to form the government, then he mm. obviously has something of a mandate for that, if he's yeah. able to, to, uh, to form a coalition. And, you know, unlike perhaps, you know, uh, recent leaders past, they talk the... Uh, they talk the talk, but um, there's been very little evidence of walking the walk. Now, given that the, the commitment that Mario Draghi would have to those structural reforms yeah. is really heartfelt, um, then I think this is the best prospect, perhaps, that Italy has had in decades but to the- actually do this. So, and if that starts to happen, we will see people starting to assess that the prospects for rising productivity in parts of Europe and higher trend growth, and that is a, a big potential positive force behind the euro. Yeah, but of course the euro, is it's a race now, isn't it, between the uh, between Europe and the United States as to who's going to pull out of this thing fastest. And uh, and obviously, it's looking more like the States than Europe is. Uh, so on, on that, for example, we, uh, uh, the, the, you know, we, we, we had the news about, uh, we had two good earnings results, didn't we? I mean, uh, I think uh, the, the share price for Amazon wasn't helped by the fact that Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos is, is stepping down as CEO. That was big news yesterday. Uh, but stellar quarter earnings results. And, uh, and uh, uh, we also had the, you know, the news coming that the stimulus package, it's getting, it's garnering attention, more attention. It's looking like the 
it's possible that they will get through a $1,200 payment to everybody, but it's going to be means assessed. It looks like Republican senators are going to be okay with that, uh, which obviously is going to be good for the economy, better than $600 for everyone, because those lower income householders are going to be the ones who spend. Right. And we had good job numbers as well, didn't we? 174,000 new jobs in the ADP employment figures and the ISM services index also up more than expected, 58.7, so well into positive territory. So if we're looking at you know who's winning that race on uh, who's coming out of this the fastest, it's certainly the United States, isn't it? Well, it certainly seems to be. And then if you look at the, um, you know, the vaccination stats, you know, you've got, um, mm. you know, doses of, uh, you know, the equivalent to, I think, probably we're, we're probably in double digits now in terms of the percentage of the population that have uh, received at least uh, at least one shot. Um, and we're still languishing in the, what, two to three percent in Europe. So you've got that, uh, you know, who's going to uh, get their population vaccinated to the to the degree necessary to allow full economic reopening. And at the moment, the U.S. is winning that well, Israel's uh, very right, close to winning that yeah, race, but yeah. uh, and the UK is, is ahead of the US, but but Eurozone is really languishing. Yeah. Um, but the numbers, but in terms of sort of the relative incoming economic numbers, yes, uh, ISM at fifty eight point seven, um, uh, up from what fifty seven point seven, so up a point and two points better than expected. Big jump in employment, six and a half points, and as you say, that ADP number mm. was at one hundred and seventy four thousand, expected to be down. So maybe we aren't going to get a negative non farm payrolls print on Friday has had been the consensus prior yeah. to that number. So at the moment, I think the basic message is that certainly the US and perhaps some other economists are weathering this third wave, if that's what you want to call it, regarding the coronavirus, um, a lot better than the first and the second waves, and uh, no more so than the US. Just so these recovery hopes and uh, and also the reflation expectations, is, is that what's driving oil up? Because oil is now, I mentioned at the, in the intro, it's a new pandemic high. We had uh, crude oil stocks falling as well, which will have helped that. Uh, but they didn't fall as much as expected overnight. It's, it is just this positivity that we're coming out of it, isn't it? I think so. I think so. I think we'd mentioned earlier in the week that um, Saudi Aramco, for example, has said that they thought that oil demand would be back to, to, uh, to pre-pandemic levels before the end of this calendar year. So I think that's helped sentiment a little bit. But um, in the context that the US dollar isn't going down and there is that typically a negative correlation mm. between oil prices and the dollar is must be more uh, related to, to optimism that um, you know reflation is coming and uh, and that's why oil is doing as, as well as it is and uh, providing a little bit right. of support for those currencies that are mm. uh, you know commodity dependent might be a little bit premature we'll see won't we look uh, today is nowhere near as exciting we get the uh, anz preliminary business outlook survey a little bit exciting uh whilst in the uh, australia we get the december trade figures and the nab big business survey the quarterly business survey so that is altogether far more exciting uh, and the the bank of england negative rates uh, will they do it well they're not going to do it today are they but maybe they'll talk about it I think that is the main interest. I don't think those, um, you know, those, those numbers that you mentioned, even the, the NAB business survey is, is Q4. So we've already had the monthly numbers. So not a lot of new mm. insights there. Um, and the other things that are not typically market moving. So, yes, I think it's all about, you know, where is the Bank of England in its sort of internal, um, you know, analysis of the efficacy or otherwise of negative rates we're not expecting the uh, the 0.1% bank rate or the uh, the volume of QE to 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 change this month so yeah. it's all about what's the narrative in, in the minutes and, and the uh, okay. and the statements that they put out on that so okay. that's really it we have to go we've talked for far too long good to talk uh, catch you again soon thank you Ray thanks Phil and that's how it looks thanks, this Phil. Thursday back again tomorrow morning for another one I'm Phil Dobby for NAB see you then